what's up and welcome to another episode of black and the maritimes i'm fidel i'm hillary i'm clinton and this is a very maritime episode because everything <laughs> topics that we got is all maritime related uh we're going to start with COVID 19 in new brunswick COVID 19 in new brunswick and, and i will say i will put a picture uh from 2020 uh when COVID started to 2021 uh, it took us around 11 months, almost a year, to get to 5,000 cases. Uh, New Brunswick was doing that good. It took us uh, almost 12 months to get to 5,000 cases. Uh, from 2021 to 2022, we'll see from November, uh, November uh, from, oh, sorry, from October to December, uh, we reached 5,000 cases in three months. <laughs> uh, so... This is how bad New Brunswick is doing that. What took them almost a year, they did it in three months. Uh, so the government has decided the following. The government has decided to uh, not give you PCR tests, which you could have gotten for free anytime uh, if you felt you had symptoms. It's only giving it to people that have severe illnesses uh, or severe uh, type of conditions. You will only get a PCR test. Uh, they stopped doing contact tracing. So they're saying that you have to do your own contact tracing. Uh, by doing rapid tests. And guess what? If you want a rapid test, which they were giving away for free, uh, they are not giving it away. You have to register. Uh, and then when you register, and if you are ill and you have conditions, then you will get a rapid test. So they cut PCR testing. They cut rapid testing. Uh, they're not doing contact tracing anymore, and they not count it. This is because it has gone way out of their hands, and pretty much they kind of gave up a little bit. So, uh, Hillary, what's your take on it? Unfortunately, that's the same situation we're facing here in Ontario. So my my family, unfortunately, caught it a second time and they were denied PCR testing. And we don't know where to go get rapid tests because Dougie Ford is giving them out at Young and Eglinton Station and the LCBOs. And that's basically it. And my family being Muslim is extremely uncomfortable going into a liquor store to get something integral to their health um so it's just as bad here i don't i i guess i can understand a little bit ontario like sort of running out of options and solutions because we were at like 10 to fifteen thousand cases a day for new brunswick to have already run out of resources uh, and capacity says so much about the healthcare system in New Brunswick and what is wrong and where funding is needed. I think it's really sad. I want to say that I think it's sad that Blaine Hakes caught COVID, but we all know how Hillary really feels about that happening. Um, you know, had you maybe put proper restrictions at the beginning of this over to almost two years ago, uh, maybe Blaine wouldn't have caught COVID as well. I think it's really unfortunate. I don't know how this is ever going to end anymore. I will repeat what I said in our, I believe, year-end recap episode, that it's about educating the people who are unsure about being vaccinated. But like Clinton said, this is not going to go away. It is like the flu. So we have to figure out how to adapt. And adapting is not taking away the PCR test and the rapid tests and closing everything again because it's clearly not working. Um, that's my two cents. Clinton, what's your take on it? Especially that you've been affected by COVID because of your business. Like it, it, this has affected you directly in in, play, in times that you never thought it was going to affect your business. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'll comment on that first. It's definitely affecting my business. Uh, it's affecting my family. Um, we're having a lot of close calls and a lot of close contacts. Um, I haven't caught COVID yet, but yeah, even if a member of my team, uh, someone in their family contracts COVID, you know, they have to self-isolate for a week, which means I'm down a team member for the whole week. Um, someone in my close family caught COVID. Um, I, I didn't catch it in that regard. Um, so it's been tough. It's it's really out of control this time. Um, Fidel, like you said, you, you summarized it really well. I think the New Brunswick government has has given up. Um, Hillary, your point regarding increasing education is a really good one. Um, I don't think, I think more people should probably be vaccinated, but I don't think that will reduce the instances of people of people catching COVID, I think that'll reduce the severity of the people that catch COVID. Um, my personal opinion, although I haven't heard it mentioned very much, I was talking to Hillary earlier this week, she said she saw it on Twitter, is not necessarily that they gave up, but I think they're silently really trying to attempt the herd immunity conversations that we heard people and governments talking about um, in early and mid 2020, the concept of herd immunity. Uh, now, no one said that, but it really seems to be what the New Brunswick government is going for. Um, they're not doing the PCR tests anymore. Uh, registering your results online, when you go to the website, it is 100% voluntary. So even if you catch COVID, even if you get a positive test, there's no sort of implementation in place that says you have to tell anybody. It's completely secretive. Um, the current stipulation is that if you catch COVID and have a positive test result, you only need to isolate for five days. Now, the truth is it says you need to isolate for five days. And then for the next five days, they advise that you stay away from events and indoor gatherings and stuff like that before you really go about your life. But from everyone I've talked to, uh, the general consensus seems to be if I catch COVID, I only got to isolate for five days and then I'm gravy. I'm good. So you're going to have people throughout all of New Brunswick knowing they have positive COVID tests, uh, COVID tests being out and about. So it's really like because I guess this Omicron, Omicron, Omerion, Omicron variant seems to be. Shout <laughs> so, out to Omerion. So... <laughs> Poor dude. <laughs> because it seems to be so mild, I really think they put their hands up and they're like, F it. Let's just try to get everyone catching it right now uh, and just to really see what happens. Like, this is the real social experiment, I think, more than even previous years. It's just kind of like letting everyone go out there into the wild and like, like just see what the F happens, which may or may not be a good idea. Uh, a virus's main goal is to survive. And so we know that viruses that kill their hosts have a much worse chance of propagating and spreading out and continuing their life. So it could be that all future variants of uh, COVID will be less severe, or it could be that there's going to be mutations that get way worse. Uh, and then eventually, years and years down the road, this does become like the, the common cold or the flu and stuff like that, where we try to get our vaccine boosters and such. But um, regarding New Brunswick, um, yeah, it's just no hold bars. It's just, it's a free for all. Um, no one needs to register their results online, which means coming as of now, the numbers are going to be skewed. They're going to be all over the place. No one's going to actually know how many COVID cases are in New Brunswick. No one's going to be keeping track of it. Um, and yeah, 
it's i think a lot of people are going to catch it it's it's literally everywhere a year ago people last thing i'll say it's a year ago you watch the news every two hours you feel like it's everywhere but it really wasn't it really wasn't anywhere like zero percent of the population had it but now it is literally lurking around every corner in my opinion and uh yeah uh, we're trying to keep our seniors safe but i think everyone's going to catch it uh, i do think that people... hillary did you want to say something sorry i saw hillary with her hand up you can go first if you want. I just had a comment about the the multiple versions of it. <laughs> well, I, I do agree with Clinton. I think everybody's gonna catch it. I, I, think, I do think that that's gonna that's going to happen. Um, now, regarding of New Brunswick in particularly, uh, I will have an, a, a little bit of an analysis and a prediction to say to this. When we started the COVID nineteen, this is one around 20, 2020, uh we locked in early. We had pretty good numbers, and uh, we were pretty much lucky because we didn't get back. We didn't have vaccines, and we were able to keep pretty uh, good numbers. Now, uh, the New Brunswick government got loaded up on liquor about this, uh, and the conservative government uh, took it as an opportunity to get a majority, which they did uh, because they were boasting up on how well they did and their perception. And I think that's the thing. I think the, the what the New Brunswick government is doing right now is a perception play uh, because people are not going to put their information because they're not counting the numbers are going to go down uh that doesn't mean that they are going down that means that because that's not happening uh they will go down so that will be the perception that people are doing better and eventually people will start living on their lives and people will stop just doing what they're doing until what the common thing maybe herd immunity maybe everybody's going to get them that their immune system or maybe people are just not going to go to the hospital uh that might be now, here is the problem. The problem is, is that I think that the message has been wrong all the time. I think the message has always been the reason why people, we don't want people to get COVID, we don't want people to get infected, is because of the hospitals. If the hospitals get overcrowded, uh, the people that have other things such as heart attacks, kids being sick, won't be able to get attended because they're going to be full and their health uh, staff is going to be short, which is happening right now. Uh, there's a short staff of help because they're infected. Uh, if that happens, that could bring a collapse in the system. And if it brings a collapse in the system, uh, other things will jeopardize and that could do a chain reaction effect, right? Uh, so let's say that the laborer, if the doctor is sick, the doctor dies, there's less doctors to attend. And if you look at Alberta, it's been happening that it's been happening in all their other people, uh, their other industries have been affected by it. Uh, and I think that's where the message should have been since the beginning. If the hospitals are crowded, then we need to shut down. If the hospitals are not crowded, then we do not shut down. Uh, but I will predict that the cases are going to go down by perception. Uh, people are going to see that because it's going to be a perception thing and people are just going to live their lives. And I think you're right. I think they're betting on a herd immunity because there's 85 percent of the people are vaccinated, which is more than enough to get a herd immunity, which is correct. Uh, if uh, people get their booster shots, at least 50% of them or 60% of them, that will lead to a better herd immunity. And I think that might be a play that people won't go to the hospital, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, I was just going to add that uh, in the news yesterday, Cyprus discovered a new variant that is an Omicron Delta hybrid. So <laughs> it's already like it's already constantly shifting and mutating and changing. And I will also add that they stopped um, 
wait, what was it that you were saying? Not the, not the PCR testing, but they're also not counting like all the numbers here either. So our numbers are going to be skewed here in Ontario as well, um, for people who actually contracted. So there, I feel like there's going to be a perception too, because they're not actually testing everybody anymore here either. And our hospitals are also like at capacity. The nurses are sick. Um, and I know that my mom's nursing home in New Brunswick, several employees had it this time around. So it's really, it's sort of just bad all over, but it's really not looking great. But I think that this is going to be how we get herd immunity. Now, the difference is between Ontario and, and New Brunswick, which I will, uh, I think New Ontario doesn't, it's not to 80% vaccination. I think it's over 60% or something. Uh, we have good vaccination rates. We have like 86%, which is great. Uh, which again, that's what you need for herd immunity to happen, right? If you have more than uh, 75% of the population, I think it is, if you have them more vaccinated, I think that will help. So I think New Brunswick has a really good shot. Uh, will it happen? Who knows? Uh, the hospital thing, I don't know what's going to happen if there's a variant, because again, but I think we have a better shot at that than, than Ontario just because of the vaccination rates. I think I see 88.1% of doses delivered. I thought I saw oh, 82% of all people in Ontario have at least one dose. 77 have are fully vaccinated, but I don't even know fully vaccinated now also means boosted or just two. I think two, but yeah, just New Brunswick has like 85, 88 double back. So we, we have a good chance of, of getting this done, but we'll, we'll wait and see. I don't know. The woman who gave me my booster, not to encourage, um, concern in anybody but she was not i don't she was a little old lady she was kept forgetting where she was setting things down before stabbing me and i was like this is not gonna go well she didn't know where the alcohol sanitization went she was like you know when you have a lot of coffee and you just really need a nap after she's like i am so tired and i was like and you're about to stab me with a needle <laughs> maybe she didn't work in that room or that area very often maybe that like she just was getting oh, acquainted with her surroundings there. it was it, here it's like crazy like this was the top floor of a mall in that was like industrialized yeah. that looked like it was not yeah a pop-up thing that was not part of like a hospital or a normal nurse's station but she was like i don't know where the alcohol swabs are which needle are you supposed to have i was like pfizer please she was just like having a good day didn't hand me any paperwork didn't tell me how long i had to wait for after the jab either i was like i'm gonna wait 15 minutes and see what happens also I, I will encourage people get your booster shots um they are available to everybody in the public mm -hmm. now uh, i'm getting mine i think the 13th so everybody get their booster shots uh covid is not going anywhere covid doesn't give a fuck about what you think so mm -hmm. Just get protected until we get like a, which there's a pill coming out in three to three, two months. I don't know when it happened, but once we have like Buckley's for COVID, <laughs> I think we'll be fine. <laughs> that's, that's what's going to you better that's, patent the that pill, right the now. Pill, the pill is going to have the chip. Okay, so okay, so the liquid, <laughs> so the liquid vaccine didn't have the chip. We thought that was ridiculous, right? But uh, I can't wait to hear the conspiracy theories coming out about the pill because they, they they can put the pill in the chip. Which they're gonna put it by Facebook, which already is tracking you. Like seriously, dude. Like, like, like you're gonna say your conspiracy theory in a place that is already tracking your information. Like <laughs> on Facebook, yeah, 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 exactly. Or Twitter, or Instagram that they already track where you are what you do like like literally dude that's that, that's already been gone like if you were upset about like like people tracking you that 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 chip has sailed a long time ago 
So I don't even know what the chip was supposed to be for. Did the conspiracy therapist mention that? Was it for like a brain control chip, maybe, or like a? I thought it was just to 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 track your like existence. Yeah, yeah, like to track, to follow you. That's that's a boring conspiracy theory. And it's like, dude. The social platform that you're putting this on is already doing that. <laughs> Your yeah. cell phone, like we're already, they're already doing that. I think I will say to people before we move on to topic: the government is not that smart. Private corporations are. That's what people need to understand. <laughs> Whoever has the money has the IP. That's how the world works. <laughs> so, just to like you think, don't get me wrong. I think the government of Canada has very bright, bright people, uh, but unfortunately, Google has more money to pay those bright people. So, so they will go wherever it is. So uh, we're going to move on to our next topic, which is also a New Brunswick topic. Uh, Hillary, what do you got for us? Yes. So um, I feel like a lot of our listeners have probably heard about the New Brunswick mystery illness that's been going around, um, a neurological illness. Um, there was an article on the Walrus that really encapsulated the whole situation. So I will present... What they have said in their entirety, um, but essentially one of the first news breaking cases was because it was a high school student um, back in 2019 who was experiencing muscle spasms, muscle wasting, and then um, this neurological disease went so far as to cause Alzheimer's like syndrome in his brain. Um, and obviously it was much very concerning because of how young he was, but they were starting to notice this illness in, um, older people. But I think that it was getting passed off as if it was Alzheimer's or dementia and no one was looking into it that much further. Um, in March of 2020, there were 43 patients who they felt had this mystery illness in New Brunswick and they had no idea what was causing it or what was going on. Um, they believed that this cluster was really, really worth investigating. Experts from Johns Hopkins, the Mayo Clinic, and the Cleveland Clinic all came forward saying that they thought uh, that New Brunswick would be a great place to study a cluster like this, especially because mysterious neurological illnesses often lead to groundbreaking work in other illnesses. And the article even said something about how researching one illness helped do groundbreaking discoveries in like multiple sclerosis and other illnesses. So it's good to invest Investigate these types of mysteries. And of course, because it's good to investigate these types of mysteries, New Brunswick put those investigations to a stop. So as I said, in March of 2020, there were 43 people who had it. By June 3rd of 2020, New Brunswick asked public health and all of the other experts around the world that had come forward to stand down from their working group, that they were going to keep the investigation internal amongst New Brunswick doctors and experts. Um, and they got basically everybody to sign an NDA and they were not going to be disclosing anything until they felt like the investigation had finished. At that point, there were 48 cases, 39 of them confirmed to be the same neurological mystery illness, and six that had become fatal and resulted in people dying. Um, Dr. Marrero, who has been working on this specifically at the, I think it's called the MIND clinic in Moncton, but they're basically focused on this neurological illness. Um, he wasn't really allowed to give a lot of details to the walrus or the CBC. They've both featured articles really recently. Um, 
he wasn't allowed to give a lot of details because of the fact that this is still an ongoing investigation and what New Brunswick's government has dictated he's allowed to do. But he did say that there are over a hundred patients now that are actually being investigated for it outside of the 48 cases that are confirmed. Um, of course, um, I'll start by giving my mild opinion that it does. It sounds a little bit like New Brunswick's trying to hide something, that maybe they are trying to hide something. Um, and I find this a personal interest because a lot of the symptoms do sound a lot like what my mother had before she was also diagnosed with dementia. Um, the same muscle spasms, losing the ability to walk, hallucinating, muscle wasting, um, all of it. Um, so I find it personally interesting. Um, Fidel, what do you think? I mean, this is not new. Um, there has been ties of uh, chemical uh, fertilizers and chemical things going on the forestry uh, that has been tied to illnesses uh, in St. John. There has been other people that have gotten uh, rare illnesses and cancer due to the chemical pollution uh, of a plant that is very famous, owned by the Earring family. Um, there has been many articles about this uh, particular things and illnesses caused by pollution. Uh, that is what it seems to be uh, from what I have read. That seems to be something related. Uh, again, this is not new. I think there is a cover up and there has been cover up. There has been many people that have been trying to out this out about uh, chemical pollution in New Brunswick, uh, mostly done uh, within the Irving plants uh, that has been going around. Uh, some people are speculating that this illness might be tied to that as well, uh, but this is not new. Uh, this is something that the New Brunswick government has been, not just the current one, but the, the past ones uh, have been aware that there is a problem with certain illnesses in this province uh, that are being caused. And a lot of doctors have been coming forward saying that this might be caused due to chemical pollution. Uh, they have either ousted these doctors or done some regulations saying you can't do this because you're not a licensed New Brunswick doctor or scientist or, or, or licensed by the province, so you can't uh, put this report. Again, there has been many people uh, trying to do this study, and I think Personally, I think it's shameful that for many, many years or decades, uh, the government has been putting corporations. And again, we're not saying that this might be directly tied into it. But over the years, there has been scientists saying that this might be tied into it, but they haven't let them go in forward into these studies. So I'm not understanding why uh, you're not letting professionals uh, getting this, and I also don't let don't understand why the New Brunswick government doesn't want this to give to public access. Uh, the only thing that bears in mind is, is that there is a private corporation. There's money involved, and people that don't want this to be seen, uh, just because of the fact that there is too many cases of not just this. There's many things going on, and there has been too many people, too many reporters. Uh, if again, you could go to Canon Land, they have something about this. Uh, the CBC has something about this. There's independent media like the New Brunswick, like the MB Media Club saying things about this. Uh, there have been many, many media platforms saying it, and they usually 
don't get any traction. And that's the problem. And the, the people don't get us it. But the government has never wanted to put the public information. So uh, again, I think there is something, something's going on. Who knows what it is? But it seems to be kind of related to what previous people have been saying before. Clinton, what about you? Totally. I, I mean, I agree with you both. Um, in cases like this, when there is a shocking neurological illness or disease, as far as everyone knows, that has never been documented anywhere on the planet. And the media and the government and even the hospitals are being told or forced to silence this news in this little province. I mean, and there's just no explanation for it. The only thing you can really do is follow the money <laughs> like like Fidel and like Hillary are alluding to like what possible reason could there be for this silence around the issue one reason could be we don't want to panic the public we don't want to create widespread and massive fear well too late that part already happened like the news had already gotten out so you can't use that as an excuse um I can't think of any other reason. So reports from The Guardian in which I guess the reason this came into the news again recently is because there's a person from the Vitalite Health Network that is being called a whistleblower who is blowing the lid on, like you both said, there was only 30, 43 to 48 cases reported uh, almost two years ago now, and it's been nothing since. Like, that's insane. I, I, I've heard numbers up to, what, what was it, up to 100, 150 different people. Um, <clears throat> follow the money. Like, there has got to be some organization in this province that doesn't want this information going out. And in fact, um, in The Guardian, there were federal scientists who said that, you know, federal scientists and professionals, and they have teams on standby wanting to come into the province to help, to help investigate this phenomenon. And the New Brunswick government, according to these news reports, is refusing. They have this unexplainable neurological disease affecting young people and old people alike, completely ruining their lives. And you've got all these people on hand saying, we want to come help and figure out what this is. And the province is saying, no, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, like the potential to help solve this and figure it out is, is so huge. And uh, I think you already mentioned, Hillary, it could help lead to further advancements in science, further knowledge, contribute to the, the greater pool. Um, I think it's something in the water, in the air, or in the soil. Um, we know for years now that in New Brunswick, it is perfectly legal to spray incredibly harmful chemicals that are banned in many other countries and places in the world, like glyphosate and all kinds of other things that will that help to increase the profits of the corporations that that spray them. Um, and they have there's been petitions for, I believe, decades to to stop these harmful chemicals from being sprayed and nothing's happening. And now this mysterious, mysterious uh, illness is popping up. Um, it's atrocious. We've we've got people migrating here from all over the uh, all over the country that have never heard of this because it's not in the news. Uh, more and more people coming here, and it's just hush, 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 hush. This should be talked about quite often. This should be we should be forget federal scientists. We should be inviting global scientists, the brightest minds from all over the world, to work on this. And it's really angering and it's really scary because 
while 150 people is a really small amount in New Brunswick, um, it could be affecting so many more that haven't come forward, that haven't been properly assessed, and who knows where this could go to. Yeah, uh, I mean, yes. just to, to, mm-hmm. to sum it all up, I mean, all I can say is, and I don't say this often, but this is like the perfect case scenario is follow the money when you're trying to figure out the answer as to why they're not accepting help. It's not being exposed in the media. People in the health network that even speak about it are called whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. Follow the money. Now, just to, just to let you know before, before Hillary continues, this is like there has been other illnesses that have been reported in places like St. John and, and numerous areas about that they might be chemically related unknown illnesses so uh, other things like cancer like that provoke cancer cancer illnesses so again this is if you if you go to this you google it this is this is not new this is quite old i just wanted to add that like to clinton's point it's not only that new brunswick is turning away people that are willing like public health was involved they had created a survey to try to get like a, a consensus of information from all the people that they had identified that were affected figuring out where they worked what they did what their air quality was like where they were living and like find some sort of common denominators as a place to start and like federal scientists were involved and then something happened and the government of New Brunswick made everybody like pack up and get out. And like global people did want to be involved. Like I said, like people from the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, John Hopkins, all in the States, they were prepared. They were coming here. They were like literally on the plane. And New Brunswick was like, I now we want no one in this working team that is not part of the government of New Brunswick or within New Brunswick to be a part of it. And they sent everybody away. But like public health was there. They were working on it. So it's, it's, almost it's worse you had the help they were there they were implicated and involved and then you took like they took public health's framework and continued to use it while like apparently openly criticizing like oh a survey is not going to be enough to fix anything but then they still conducted the survey and then they put down the um nda and now no one's allowed to really speak about it anymore but that there other people were involved and then they sent everybody packing yes clinton it's just, I'm just going to draw really broad comparisons here, but it, it's kind of like, you know, like when Russia shot down the plane over the Ukraine or something, and they wouldn't let people in to investigate the site, or when some kind of huge issue happens in the world and the United Nations or someone wants to go in to the, to the crash site or to, the, to ground zero and try to put the pieces together and figure out what happened. And those countries are blocking and preventing them. Like, well, why? And why did it get kicked out? It's probably because they found something. They found a reason. They found a connection that they want to bury. It's like finding aliens. It's like, it's, it's like finding, it's like, it's like the, the conspiracy theories about the government, like knowing about aliens and being hush hush about it and like making people disappear that know something about it. Like I said, Fidel, very broad comparison, but it's just the same sort of behavior. Why in the world would they have accepted all these people, brought them in and then shut them out? Like over I mean, a bad argument, over a, lo- a poker game? Like, no, there had to have been something that was determined that would have been really, really friggin' damning that made them kick everyone else out. But, but I mean, conspiracy theories are one thing, and, and that's something that we... But these are literally scientists that are saying, let, let us go and investigate, and let us go and see, and the government saying, no, 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 we don't want you to do this. And there has been... 
again, there has been crazy information over the years of, of things affecting illnesses, affecting New Brunswick population, and it just gets under the water. A conspiracy theory would be something that would be kind of made up or or kind of like uh, like a very broadened thing. But unfortunately, here there are facts. The fact is is that we have a uh, we have chemical toxins that are allowed in this province that are not allowed. Uh, that's a fact. The fact is, is that there has been many people complaining about pollution and uh, diseases about the pollution in a nearby industrial area. That's also a fact. And the fact is, is that uh, it just happens to be that the corporation that owns those controls the newspaper media and they do not out these things and the public media, they don't you know, the public government stopped this. This is all facts. Like conspiracy theory would be like, oh no, that's a lie. But there's definitely something here that, you know, if there wasn't, they could let third party investigation do it and it would be simple and then just let it, let it, let it die if there's nothing in it. Uh, but they are not doing that. And this is not, we're not talking about like people from out of this, we're talking about the federal government here. Like the federal government is the one that wants to intervene and the provincial government is saying, no, we don't want you to do that. So it, it, it is it is definitely a lot of more factors than conspiracy. And and it's kind of sad that that this this type of thing still happens uh, in this province. But, you know, hopefully this will change at, at some point. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's really sad. I'm interested to see if like I emailed because of the similarities with my mom's case, interested to see if they get back to me just because they did a lot of the investigations in 2019 for this specific neurological disease. Um, and my mom was diagnosed in 2014. So it would be sort of, I don't know, proof that like along with what Fidel's saying, this is something that's living and has been living on, on in and amongst New Brunswickans for a very long time. And maybe it was affecting older people and they were just writing them off as dementia cases. And now that it's happening in like literally 18, 19, 20 year olds, they're able to see that there's something much bigger going on. Uh, I'll be interested to see if I get any answers. I know that nothing's going to fix my mom or change that situation, but I, if I could contribute to statistics for the greater good of science as a, as a scientific gal, I would, but yeah, New Brunswick, they're, I mean, they're hiding something or they're just trying to cover their own asses, as they tend to do. So that's what it is. All right. So uh, moving on to uh, what, you know, we usually talk to, which is racism, but uh, we're going to talk about kind of racism. Clinton, what do you have for us? Um, first of all, heartbreaking and scary uh, that on that last topic, almost enough to make me like consider like hightailing it the hell out of New Brunswick, to be honest with you. But OK, our last topic. So we all came across an article that sort of rubbed us the wrong way today in a weird way. And this is not a complaint about the person featured in this article. I want to be very clear on that. But it made us all scratch our head and, <laughs> and ask a couple of questions. So there is a news agency that um, out of PEI that decided to feature um, the New Brunswick Commissioner of Racism, Manju Varma. Um, Manju Varma. And so the article was about, uh, they were interviewing Manju on racism in hockey in PEI and what should be done about it. Um, and to be honest, Manju herself said a lot of intelligent things 
in this article, but also a couple of things that made us scratch our head. And <laughs> I'll get to some of those details of what she said afterwards. But again, it really just made us question, like, what's going on here in New Brunswick? <laughs> and do, who wants to go first? Vidal, do you want to give your... Th- oh, Hillary... Oh. You know, I've been waiting for this. But Vidal, Vidal do you want to go, go first? first? Oh, so no, that Hillary no, can really I, I, tear no, this no, apart. No, I, I want Hillary first. Okay, okay. This okay. I'm trying to find the exact the exact line that I was like, excuse me. So first of all, I'll point out that this is the hockey story that we, that I brought up uh, in, I think, early December about um, a young... It's an old story, like a good month ago, yes. Yeah, yeah, so the... This... But the rehashing... Yeah. yeah, so this high this student or this younger black kid who's faced racism now for a second time within um the like this PEI league and how clearly like not, not enough is being done. Um I'm trying to find exactly where she says wait. Uh Oh, if I was the government of PEI, I would reach out to New Brunswick. <laughs> that is the line I have the most beef with now, Mandrew. Girl, <laughs> let me be straight up. You know you lying. Like, you know that you're lying. Because let's remember that the job was posted in, Mar- in May for a job that was supposed to be finished in March. And they only hired her in September. And then they had to extend the deadline. You cannot say to another province, use us as an example when we could not even prioritize hiring the woman saying this quote. When the premier did not enshrine Truth and Reconciliation Day has asked to get rid of Indigenous tax exemptions, like it's one of the most racist white men out there that you're going to say, come look at New Brunswick. We are a shining example of a lack of racism in the Maritimes. Motherfucking excuse me. Do you have a mirror? Would you like some Windex? Take a look because you are completely incorrect. And I speak on behalf of every person on this podcast who's like, I've been in New Brunswick and I have had a racist experience. You are extremely wrong. You are not even done your job, which many other organizations in New Brunswick have already done for you that prove that New Brunswick is so racist incorrect wrong dog you were wrong i would have picked nova scotia as a shining example at least they have enough black sense of community in my opinion that if you're going to look at a maritime province and say hey pei this is where you need to start not new brunswick you have had this job for a hot minute and started a podcast congratulations where is a report where is findings where is proof of anything that validates what you're saying. There is no evidence. Give me the report and then we can talk. Homegirl. Done. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the Windex part, that's, that's fucked, man. That's crazy. That's fired. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a bit of a far reach. I mean, you have not completed this job. Uh, and once you submit this, we don't even know if the New Brunswick government is going to make any changes. Uh, so, like... And not only that, the Nebraska government has not even considered the fact of doing systemic racism when we clearly know there's systemic racism. Uh, and it is a little bit of, of a reach to say that just because of the fact that the job has not been completed and their effects have not been even due. So I think personally, a racism commissioner is just a waste of money anywhere. Why? Because 
if you need somebody to tell you that there is racism, that means you're not listening to your people or you just don't care. Uh, and there has clearly been acts of racism, not only in the police force, uh, but in places like private sectors, uh, you know, public sector in Atlantic Canada. I would not say Nova Scotia is the best example. I would say Nova Scotia has the longest history. And therefore, because they had the longest history and they had the most experience because they actually have a black community, uh, they are a bit more advanced, but they have their own problems themselves. Um, again, I think it has been already said that if you want to change, all you have to do is promote laws and listen to the community that votes for you. And that's about it. It, it Again, I'm pretty sure there's more to it. Of course there's, but there's more to everything. But for you to say that PEI should look at New Brunswick because they hired somebody late that haven't showed the results, that the results haven't been gone to the government and the government has done nothing about it. Uh, and again, we could do hopeful thinking that the government may do something about it, but they haven't. Uh, it's just a little bit far stretched when there are clear things that PEI can do right now without needing all those process to get this, like for example, Racial slurs. If you say racial slurs to racial people, that should be a crime. You should get a fine. You should get some type of penalty. That is not rocket scientists. That is something that people can do uh, as a law to protect systemic racism. Uh, but again, that doesn't. We don't need a racist commissioner to say that. We need politicians to promote that law and do that. Uh, and again, PA is a way more advanced because they even have a black person in politics. We don't even have that. They actually have a black man as an MLA. We haven't had any people of color as an MLA here. So. Uh, it's just a little bit of a far-fetched thing to say. I, 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 again, I think she brings the best intentions, uh, but I think the, the problem is, is that we need to make sure that this work is done and that there's actual results and that the government will do actual action to do this, but not tell other provinces that may have a better shot at, you know, at solving this than us. So again, I, I, I was completely shocked by that, that people said that. Clinton? Yeah, it all really it caught us all really off guard. Um, before I get into it, I will say she had an opportunity to say a couple of like really good points, um, you know, just pointing out the fact that uh, the player himself who criticized the league should not have been suspended. That was ridiculous. Um, and also the fact that, you know, racism is never a mistake. She was saying that racism is not a mistake. In 2021, 2022, a mistake is something you do by accident. There's no way that anyone in that hockey league was not aware that they were doing racisms, <laughs> that they were making racial slurs. I, I said that on purpose, that they were making racial slurs. <clears throat> now, all that being said, I just want to echo the sentiment that, yeah, New Brunswick never has been and likely will never be a pillar of excellence for an example of how a province should act in terms of dealing with racism, especially when we're talking about PEI, who, in my personal opinion, is probably the least racist province in all of the Maritimes, the most accepting, probably because of the tourism industry, but the most accepting of cultures from, from all over the world. Now, um, New Brunswick's history is horrible with their treatment of indigenous people, with their treatment of the black arrivees who came in the, the late 1700s, with the repeated denials of calls for inquiries into systemic racism, with the countless amounts of research that has already been 
done that this commissioner is supposed to be copulating and analyzing on racism in New Brunswick. Uh, we know that there's a huge amount of racism. Um, and already, like Hillary said, the role was filled how many months late? Just, just give me just six, six months late. Five or six months late. So (laughs) I'm definitely not seeing a lot of feedback from the commissioner so far. I don't know how much feedback she's supposed to be giving. I can tell you that it was really weird to see PEI interviewing Manju because um, I thought there was only one article. But through my scrolling of articles, I haven't found other than the September 24th announcement of her being appointed, I haven't seen any articles on Manju at all. I, but my team informed me that there there were a few. There were um, the calls that for Indigenous people should have an inquiry into systemic, systemic racism that is all their own. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it was more there, so... It was more so Manju saying that she wanted to sit down with Indigenous leaders because she understood she would not understand that scope for her reporting and felt it was a really important piece to to, to look at because of how New Brunswick has treated the Indigenous and they are sort of refusing to speak with her because of the fact it would be like working with plain eggs. And so they, they're not interested in, in contributing in that way. And I can't tell if it was that article or another one that then mentioned the podcast that she is doing about racism which i still want to know was she hired as the commissioner against against systemic racism to host a podcast or has she chosen to do this on her own is it like a side gig or is this part of her her payment plan is it part of is it part of like um encouraging faith in the community that she is so passionate about this that she has taken this up as a hobby or is it just more public facing sort of propaganda by the government that this position was worthwhile that is my question i will let you continue but i have a point after too absolutely no i think i think to be honest uh, we should all listen to the podcast and See what it's about, to be honest. It's on my list. Uh, um, I because, listen to it. Okay, well, I'd love to get your feedback in a bit. And I'd also think we should maybe we should talk about that. Because ironically, while we are on a podcast, I don't think with the powers enshrined with the New Brunswick Commissioner on Racism, that, that may not be the best use of their time. Um, so the job role was filled six months late. And according to the GNB website that I'm on right now, already it seems like they're behind in their mandate anyways. So the first 50 days were supposed to be the understanding phase where they were supposed to uh, meet with different groups, create a team, uh, determine their objectives, develop terms of reference for obtaining their objective, um, communicate their intentions to identify and contact stakeholders. I'm not sure who the stakeholders should be. I'm not sure how many people she's talked to. I'm not saying we are the go-to, but I don't. I, I know no one's reached out to, to any of us. And uh, so that was only supposed to be the first 50 days. It's now been over 100 days. So we should be in the second phase right now, uh, September 24th. Yeah, it's been about 100 days. Uh, we should be in the action phase, uh, you know, implementing the research methodologies required, um, developing the tools and engaging with stakeholders to begin to like the, like discuss some of the results of the understanding phase. There's two other phases. If you want to check them out, you can go to the GMB website. But I would say that we are definitely already about 50 days behind the schedule. Um, and my other big qualm with this is it's just that like, so PEI is already like talking to the New Brunswick Commissioner on Racism, like almost as much as New Brunswick media has covered this topic like i haven't seen 
her in the news. And I think that is a hot topic. Uh, the last thing I'll say, I know everyone's just dying to speak is, you know, but if she is doing her job, I keep on, I hear about a lot of racist incidents taking place in this province. And I know that myself and some other people I know have worked really hard to try to engage multiple different media sources in these stories and they're not being picked up. So to anyone who is listening, if you do have part of Manju's job is to investigate concerns of racism in the province. So if you have had horrible racist things happen to you, I'd highly recommend reaching out to her office because I don't feel it's getting covered. And I, I feel as a possible outlet, maybe maybe she's the one that should be contacted. Uh, I will say, like, PEI has not reached to her. She uh, she recommended uh, PEI that they should reach out. That's that, that's what she recommended. To the media. The media. It's an article from, well, I, I from think, a I, Prince Edward Island news source talking about the New Brunswick Commissioner. Right? Yeah, and I, and I think the reason, uh, one of the reasons... And I don't that, think the government in PEI needs to reach out to her. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, like she, yeah. she said, she said that. But I think that I think the reason the the article is probably just a news article. You know, they're looking for news. Uh, that's a news in PI. They they saw something related and they look for a piece of news. I think that's that's as far as to to it. Now, what I will say is again, the job that's supposed to happen, uh, and I will go with the podcast later. Which Hillary, I think you have very valid questions. Uh, the job that's supposed to happen is that there's supposed to be a survey or some type of investigation uh, that is supposed to say, uh, look some racism in New Brunswick. After that happens, whether it happens a year or two, three years from now, these things are going to be sent to the New Brunswick government, to the legislation. And after that, they're going to see with the findings that they that these people got, what should they do about it? This doesn't mean anything until it gets to the right people and they do action about it. This is pretty much taxpayer money going to something to see if they act on it. Uh, And there could be many reasons why they would act on it, and there could be many reasons why we don't. We don't know that yet because this job has not been done. Uh, What I would say is, is that I think everybody should be aware where your tax money is going for or coming from, where is it going to, and what is happening with it. And and I think it's too early for anybody for us to say what's going to happen. Uh, Again, I think we have to wait for the results. Uh, But again, it's still far-fetched to somebody to recommend something that there's no impact yet. Or, or even if there's going to be any impact. Uh, as far as the podcast, I have listened to it. Um, there is something that I could do, but I will say that behind the scenes because I don't think it's it's my uh, my thing to say publicly. Uh, but uh, the podcast is something that, you know, if you want to learn more about racism stories, about people, yeah, of course, that's that's cool. Uh, that's definitely cool to have. Um, do I think uh, it's something that we need? Maybe, but not necessarily for somebody that is already having a, a government position funded. I don't know if this is funded by the government. That's a good, very good, very good question. If it's a hobby, more power to you. Uh, but if it's government funded, then mm, I don't know. That, that I don't think that's a great place to put resources on but who knows we have to ask that 
guess it's better than not putting anything towards it, but <laughs> still, I'm, I'm skeptical. I mean, there's better way. There, there's better ways to put. Yes, there, exactly. Way, it's, way, it's way better. better than, to, it's always better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. There's whatsoever. way better ways to put taxpayer but, money for a podcast. But again, who knows? We don't know if this is this is government funded. We'll have to wait two or three years to figure out if they're <laughs> ever going to do anything, right? Yeah, Hillary, I, I know you're burning with desire to say well, more. Go ahead. No, it's just you. You said something that I was actually going to bring up, but we were we said it. we're going to say opposite things because I noticed in the article that she points out specifically um, a commissioner in a province could have different roles. For example, for me, I'm right now collecting information. That is my role. The roles of other commissioners, they take complaints and then they investigate those complaints. So a commissioner on systemic racism could sort of do the role that I'm doing, or they could do a role where they are actually sort of the clearinghouse or the go-to for complaints, and then they investigate. So she doesn't want your complaints because I'll be the first oh. one complaining. Knock, knock, knock. Hi. Go look in <laughs> your backyard at Blaine Higgs. I have 17 complaints. So she's not even taking complaints. She is just hosting a podcast. I don't know what she's doing. No, no there's Thank not, you. But, I misread that. Thank but you. No, there, there, Thank you for clarifying. There's been clearly, the, the clearly is, is that they are supposed to conduct an, uh, an investigation or a survey, which is called, they call them scientific investigations. That what, that's what researchers do in universities. That's what uh, people in universities get money for, to do a research. And over the years of this research, things like computers come out, right? Or, you know, like the internet comes out, which is all, this is all of this is university research that gets paid. What they're doing is, is that they're basically doing that. Uh, they're, they're paying somebody to do a research on racism. And based on that research, they will come up with something saying to the government, this is what it is. But that's, that's been pretty clear since the get-go. Yes, I understand that. But it's interesting that she is offering to this new source in PEI that the government of PEI should get a commissioner against systemic racism like her, but allow them to field complaints. She is not fielding complaints, which leads me to my question for you, Fidel, as the one who's listened to this podcast that she is hosting. Stories about racism from who? Like, are people submitting the stories or is it historical stories? Because I'm curious. No, there's So the first people- episode, it's, oh, go ahead. Yeah, there's people from Moncton. There's a guy. There's people that uh, that you know. So one of them owned a cafe, and and there's people from from the province saying their stories about racism. Okay. Pretty much, pretty much what we have done. Uh, but, Is there? <laughs> so, on Spotify. It's on Spotify. But on again, Spotify here it says her first episode is her interviewing, talking with her own employees, like her team members, the junior, the junior, uh, the ex- executive assistant, and someone else that works for her, senior policy advisor to the commissioner. And then Maybe the second later. one is someone. Uh, I think there's about one a month here, and the second one is she's interviewing Therese Trofiminkov, who is uh, in the education sector and also has a website dealing with anti-racism. Oh, I, I, I think you. I think you. You. The first. The first one is uh, with Kalala. I think I know who he has a mm-hmm. cafe. Monkey. Junior. Junior. Yeah, Kalala, junior. Yeah. yeah, that's the first. Uh, I think it's the first episode that they that they did. But again, I, I think not not going because I don't want to put like not going to uh the 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 podcast itself because again I think more podcasts that talk about the experience of racism I think it's great I think yeah. it's great it, I think it's a great thing to do and I think that's something that uh it, it's uh it's commendable however I will go to Hillary 
is this done with public money? <laughs> that is the question. And if it is, then I will definitely call out on something that I know that I won't say in this, which I, I, I definitely, that was the first thing I saw. And I'm like, huh, okay, I saw this, but I didn't, I didn't say anything because I, I'm thinking, well, it is what it is. I don't know how this is being done. So cool. But if it's done with public money, then that's a different story. I can't wait till after the episode to get the tea. I, I got to hear what you're talking about, Fidel. I want to, I want to, when we turn off the record button, I, I got some questions for you. Sure. Um, can I say one more thing? Um, so on this, I'm confused now, Hillary, because on this same website, it's, it states the mandate of the commissioner on the government new Brunswick website, carry out a public consultation to gather views and then conduct a comprehensive review. But it does have a section here saying how you can participate. Uh, it's inviting people to send written submissions uh, from individuals or stakeholders, which I imagine are people that have a stake in the outcome of this review. <laughs> um, you could send it by email. You could send it anonymously because of the sensitivity involved in sharing personal stories about racism. So is, did she speak incorrectly in her news article? Because it seems like the website says that she is supposed to be collecting stories from people. But I, I would argue that like the language she's using in the article is like investigating complaints. That doesn't mean she's not welcoming stories as data, but she might not be the one to further investigate, call mm. people, ask what the situation is. Maybe she just wants everyone to not to be rude, but collect the data for me, bring it to my door. And I'm going to use these as examples in my article or as mm. potential guests for this podcast, public funded or not, but I'm not going to be the one going to these corporations and asking what was the situation? What did you do wrong? Do you have a diversity and inclusion team, et cetera? I'm guessing, especially okay. if they're already 50 days behind, are you going to waste time doing that? But I, I would, I guess my opinion is just that it's one thing to conduct like scientific research and a survey. I would find it much more interesting to actually be speaking to people and getting information that that's bigger than just a survey. Like anyone can, we've, we've put out surveys and had white people answer them and they were not even the proper demographic and it is more of a waste of time. I think complaints could be more fruitful. Um, so I, I find it weird saying to Hey, PEI, you know what you should do? Have someone field your racism complaints, but I am just going to use this as data for the report that I was hired late on and et cetera, et cetera. My, Again, I think, yeah. Go ahead, Fidel. A racism commissioner is just a waste of goddamn. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think yes, we, all, we know that. I think <laughs> we're all like very, like slightly pathetically optimistic. But like we said from the beginning, this is a big PR stuff. Like, no, no, nothing mm -hmm. again. I don't know. I don't know Manju at all. <laughs> I, she seems very intelligent and she seems very accomplished from I've read her her bio. But it seems like this is just a big PR stunt from the government and they already have all the information. Like we don't like we know there's racism. It's just, just a big like, hey, we care thing after decades of getting the criticism that they don't care. I think it is I think it's a waste of money in a lot of ways. Cause they already they they don't need to collect this data. It's, and, and, and they could do it in like a week in 2021. It's not. It's not that hard. No, and and again, I don't think it's. I don't think it will last a week because what they're doing is a, it's a it's a research of scientific background, which also last a year. Yeah, that that takes time. I'm not saying. I, I'm not saying that they, that will take time. However, I think yes, Manju is a. It, it, it's a very accomplished person, and I think she's the right person for the job. That's not. That's not. That's out of the question. However, do we really need it? Not at all. We don't really need that position. What we need 
is to invest in impoverished communities, which minorities are, talk to these people, which they're there, again, and if you're putting somebody that has not a governmental power to do anything, because that's the problem. Like, even if you have a racism commissioner and he writes the complaint, can he do anything about it? No. That's the problem. Have no political power, no power to do whatsoever. Oh, I submitted 20,000 complaints. Yeah, cool. What are you going to do about it? Again, it will be, in fact, it will be even better. I would say, I would say, and this is something that could be in maybe Moncton that has the RCMP. It will be a better thing of money if the RCMP has a racism commissioner that they can actually act on laws and act on, on fundamentals of things that people do wrong. It will be a better a better success of somebody in the RCMP being more people of color handling these issues uh, than somebody in the government. But again, that's a, that's a different type of ballgame because not everybody has the RCMP. But even in that sense, that's that's even a better go waste, you know, uh, resources than putting somebody to do research to so, know something that we already know that that has been talked to and you just don't want to listen to it, right? So it, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, that would be nice because I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've I heard that um, <clears throat> in New Brunswick, no one has ever been convicted of a hate crime. Nope, nobody ever in the history of New nobody Brunswick. Ever. You can yes. file a hate charge, you but can, you won't we won't get convicted, and you can't convict that because there's yeah. not a law for hate crimes. There's no, yeah. there's not Racist. a law for it. That's the problem. The problem is is that there's not a law for hate crime. Who the hell are you going to convict if there doesn't ex- that doesn't exist? Yeah, you can't be, there's no racism, is not illegal. So how could you be charged for a hate crime against a person of color? Damn it, Manju, I've got a complaint and you won't field it. And it's this. <laughs> no, again, I, I think, I, I think again, I think what she's doing is it's great work. I just don't think it's needed. And I also don't think the, the public funding could be going to better places than it. That, that's just it again. But the person is right for the job. Uh, the job is a nice try, but it's a very hard miss. Uh, you know, that's that's where yeah. look, I think it's there's better ways to do this. But uh, we're going to wrap this up. I do have uh, two recommendations if you guys have. But I do have two. Uh, I will say uh, shout out to the African brothers out there that like soccer or football. The African Cup of Nations just started. I see all my African brothers rooting for their team in their country, Cameroon, Senegal, Gabon. So if you guys uh, are into sports, uh, the African Cup of Nations just started. Uh, which will determine the African champion. Uh, and yeah, it's a big deal in Africa. Shout out to the people that uh, are into that. And the second thing, I just uh, finished reading uh, two books, actually. Uh, one is called The Prince of Darkness, uh, which is about the first African millionaire in New York City called Jeremiah Hamilton, uh, which is it's kind of a crazy story about New York in the 1800s. Uh, and the other one's called Black Titan. So if you guys want to read it, uh, feel free. Uh, they're definitely very good books to read. I have one. <laughs> I have one. I went to go get it. Um, this is actually like a teaser for a future episode. So our first Black History Month episode will be featuring editor Gregory Frankson for the Africanthology. Um, and uh, there's many 
East Coasters featured in it, but um, one of our good friends, Tanjue McCarthy, is in here. Um, so super exciting. We are going to be giving copies away. So look for that on our Instagram. And then the other thing I'll mention, it's not a recommendation, uh, but this week, Sydney Poitier passed away. And I would be remiss if we did not mention, um, rest in peace to him. What a, a, a legendary human being. Um, very sad. That's what uh, I've got. I will say this. You guys don't know it yet, but rest in peace, Bob Saget. Danny. I saw and I didn't know what to say yeah. because he's white, but that's all right. Bob no, he's okay. He's okay. He, he's, he's all right. He was all right. black. <laughs> but also Betty White. Like, it's been a rough, like, that within yeah, oh, two too. weeks. Rest in peace, Betty White. Yeah. yeah. Bob Saget, too. He He's he's a dude. He's a, he's a, that's too bad. So, yeah, I don't know what happened. It doesn't look good. People. Well, People 2021, 2022, 2020 are coming out swinging. So <laughs> 2022. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. All right, guys. So do we have anything else to say? But what, what about me? A recommendation. Yeah. What do you got to say? What, what do you got bro, to say? Bro, <laughs> okay. The new Nas album is out and it's fire. It's called Magic. I was going to say, if you're like an old school hip hop head, you got to check this out. So Nas, rapper from Queens from, from like since 1996 was his first album he's still killing it his newest album is sick and i was like it's not just like my daughter loves the album like she's she's a young one and she loves the album so if you listen to rap music if you want to see sort of where some of the pillars that rap music was built on check out the new nas album it's called magic it's amazing yeah nas is one of my favorite well probably he's my favorite rapper actually so i have and to, he's just I have to check. He's a great rapper. He's just he's still coming so strong. Like it's yeah. an it's really worth checking out the album. Uh, the flows. It's he sticks to some of his traditional flows. It's not he's not trying to do trap, but he he modernized it a bit. The beats are still killer. Great uh, piece of work. You don't you don't often hear like a whole album that's really good, and he he, he did it. So. I, I think one of the worst things that I saw was Ice Cube in a trap thing that was so bad oh <laughs> but anyways we'll, we'll get that so guys uh thank you for listening uh please uh subscribe to the podcast on stitcher spotify apple podcast wherever you get your podcast uh don't forget to like and subscribe uh also follow us on social media on tiktok instagram twitter facebook at black in the maritimes peace out bye peace